And welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the David Honcast. I'm a day late. Uh, I was supposed to record yesterday, but my daughter was having a hard time sleeping. She's got uh, some congestion and a runny nose, and I uh, was, uh, was messing with her sleep, so I ran to CVS and got some saline drops and uh, squirted that in her nose, cleared her right up, <clears throat> had to find an alternative for uh, decongestant. You're not supposed to administer those to kids under six months. So, but yeah, uh, tonight's inebriation is brought to you by Pliny the Elder from Russian River Brewing Company. I finally got a hold of some. It's great. Tastes awesome. Uh, I don't think it's worth waiting in line for. Um, I think the only thing I've ever waited in line for uh, were guns. And that was a necessity. But Pliny, Pliny the Elder, if you can get a hold of it, it's a really good IPA. I think it's my favorite IPA. Uh, right now I'm drinking a cut water lime tequila margarita. Uh, this will fuck you up. Uh, this is so good. I've never finished a can. Yeah, I've never finished a can. It doesn't help that I'm a lightweight. But this shit will fuck you up. I like how it says on here, it says uh, you got two plus shots of tequila per can. Uh, they can't just give you two shots. It's just like, eh, we got two or, or three, maybe four. I don't know. doesn't matter. I can't finish a can. So, anyways, what's been going on? My wife just got a COVID test, and uh, she's been feeling a little under the weather. Uh, she got a fever for a day. And uh, lots of fatigue. Um, sore throat, congestion, cough. <clears throat> But uh, she ended up getting a COVID test. I didn't think she had COVID. She didn't think she had COVID because, well, she had a fever for one day. But you figure you just get a test anyway. And uh, she came back negative, as we figured. Um, she did mention to me that if she did test positive, that I would possibly have to quarantine for 14 days, which means no work uh, for 14 days. And it's not really something that I can afford uh, or we can afford or I'd want to do. But, but really, the, the, the thing is, uh, you know, I, I told her, I said, well, I'm not quarantining for 14 days. Uh, there's no point in doing so. Um, especially if I'm, you know, if, I'm, if I have no symptoms, why, why do I need to quarantine for 14 days? Because if masks work then I should be able to go out and, you know, do what, I, what I've been doing for the past six months. Because, you know, mask mandates now treat us as though we are asymptomatic uh, virus carriers. Well, if we're out there pretending to be asymptomatic virus carriers by wearing masks, then if I actually become an asymptomatic virus carrier, then there's no reason why I can't go out on about my life. So it makes zero sense to quarantine if someone in your house tests positive if you're asymptomatic. But this whole fucking thing doesn't make sense. So I'm going to stop with that logic bullshit. Um, today I was uh, working on my car, one of my cars, <clears throat> and um, 
I just so happened to hear my neighbor across the street. He was on his balcony um, on a phone call, and I heard him, um, overheard him talk about, uh, you know, what, what's been going on, the, you know, recently. And I heard him say, um, well, I almost died. And so when I heard that, I, you know, immediately tuned in. Uh, just a little bit of background. The guy, the guy's in the Air Force, and he's a pilot. <clears throat> so sometimes he'll uh, he'll he'll fly you know he'll be a commercial pilot and other times he'll do things like um, I think uh, early on in, in the in the pandemic he he flew planes to transport uh, PPE and things of that nature but now um, <clears throat> he's going up to Northern California to help fight the fires up in Northern California and so. <clears throat> Guess what happened was he um, he was in a plane and I guess he was dropping you know the the fire retardant or whatever it is they drop from those planes and he was instructed to get as close as he could um, before he dropped the load and <laughs> I guess what happened was he he got in he got too deep into the smoke and uh, couldn't see anything and uh, he came he said he came within about fifteen feet of the tree line. And uh, fucking everyone in his crew was freaking out and shit. But um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, that was an interesting conversation to listen to. He, uh, whoever he was talking to on the phone, he was speaking very matter-of-factly about it. Which, you know, I mean, he's in the military, so I uh, expect you know people in the military to speak matter-of-factly about those types of things. But it got me thinking about how we, you know, there's a lot of things about people that we don't know. We don't, we don't know what certain individuals go through around us, you know. And I'm not talking about, you know, your fucking office worker who sits behind a desk punching keys and shit, coding or whatever the fuck they do, that boring ass shit. But you know, I'm talking about guys like, like this guy. He's a pilot. Um, he's in the Air Force. He's looking to retire soon. Um, you know, I, got a, I got another neighbor across the street who's a CHP. Um, you know, I would, I would love to, I would, I just sometimes wonder what he goes through on a day-to-day basis. What, what types of things he encounters? I got a buddy who was a cop. Sometimes he'll talk to me about some of the stuff he encounters. And, um, you know, if anything, it makes for an interesting conversation. It'd be kind of cool if someone made, did a podcast, um, you know, around that, that type of thing. Uh, it's not going to be me, because no one's listening to me right now, and uh, I think it would just be um, it, would, it would just be a waste of, of energy. Uh, but maybe I don't know. Maybe down the line, um, who knows? Uh, what else is? Uh, what do I want to talk about? Uh, oh yeah, I want to talk about Chinese food. Um, I'm talk about Chinese food. I know this is a little bit dangerous territory because I think Shane Gillis got in trouble for talking about Chinese food. Almost ruined his career. It's fucking stupid. Uh, he lost his his spot on SNL, which probably did him a favor because that show sucked for a long time. But <clears throat> I want to talk about Chinese food. Now, the thing about Chinese food is uh, I want to talk about their fortune cookies and how fortune cookies aren't actually fortune cookies. They're opinion cookies. And they have been for a long time. And I don't know when this happened, but uh, it needs to stop because 
It's boring and stupid. Um, a fortune is something like you will encounter great fortune or great riches in the near future or um, a tremendous job opportunity will, uh, you know, come your way. But uh, no, you get stuck with dumb shit like the social scene can be fun today. Yeah, or um, never let an opportunity pass you by. Um, this is another one. You will never need to worry about a steady income. Uh, these are recent fortunes that, that I got out of fortune cookies. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, none of this is true for me. Um, not every opportunity is great. Most opportunities aren't. Um, you will never have to worry about... I, no, what? I'm not a trust fund kid. Who the fuck are you talking to? I'm not one of those fucking Chinese kids who comes over, attends USC, spends dad's money, and I get to drive a, a Rolls Royce of some sort. Saw a lot of that in L.A. when I lived there. And there'd be these, uh, these Chinese kids rolling out of this apartment over off La Brea, they couldn't have been more than like 23, 24. And I only think that because they looked like they were 17. So I figure the Asian equation, the Asian equation is uh, however old you think uh, an Asian person is, um, you know, add six to 10 years. And that's probably how old they are. But uh, lots, of, lots of young Chinese kids driving really expensive cars. Uh, because they're spending their parents' money. And um, the social scene is never fun for me because I don't really like people. And um, it takes people to make a social scene. So I don't know who I talk to. I don't know who uh, I write an open letter to, but I will Karen the fuck out of fortune cookies becoming actual fortune cookies. Make fortune cookies great again, motherfuckers. Um, another thing about fortune cookies is, um, so I think, I think Chinese restaurants use fortune cookies as a means to passive, to, to do passive aggressive fat shaming. Now, what I mean by that is they'll, they will give you as many fortune cookies as they think the number of people should be eating this food. So if you order from a Chinese restaurant... And, you know, two of you are ordering food, and they give you five fortune cookies. They're telling you you're eating enough food for five people. That's just what I think. I mean, I don't, there's no scientific evidence to back this up. But seeing that I'm Asian, um, I think that I am somewhat of an expert on this topic. Um, you know, and the thing about, like... Like, they give you so much food. They give you so much food. And this is like, they're not being generous, you know? They got these, like, these cardboard containers, and, you know, you're, you're scooping the food onto your plate, and it's like a fucking clown car. And you just, you're, you, you keep scooping it out, you keep putting it onto your plate, and it keeps coming. You're just like, I didn't know it was this much food. So you really order all that food by accident. Okay. It's just, like, I, 
But the thing is, I can't help myself. I want to try two or three different things. So I just end up getting, getting food for at least two or three days. Um, so speaking of fat shaming, um, my wife turned me on to a show recently. Uh, it was called uh, Revenge Body, and it stars Khloe Kardashian. And the premise of the show is uh, she gets with these people who have somehow been spited by somebody else or been fat shamed by somebody else. And to get back at them, they want to work out and lose weight. So what you're telling me is fat shaming works. Because that's the message I'm getting from this show. I mean, isn't that the whole premise of the show? Is that, you know, someone someone said you're fat, hey, or whatever. You got mad and you decided that you're just not going to be fat anymore. Um, that sounds like a recipe for fat shaming being a positive thing. Because had they enabled you, you'd probably still be fat. And would never have met uh, Khloe Kardashian. And to be honest, the show's not good. It's, it's an hour long. It covers two stories, uh, two individuals. And uh, it's not even an hour. It's probably 40-something minutes. But you know, each episode chronicles the, the, the plight or the journey of two individuals in, in, their, uh, you know, in, in their road to becoming less fat than they are. Which it, it sort of sounds like the biggest loser with none of none of the you know the the, the cool story or or um, you know the, the the struggle and the things that make it interesting. Um, so I don't I don't know if the show's still happening, but it it doesn't it's not very good. Which sort of brings me to a broader point in that I don't think our culture can really decide whether or not we have an obesity problem anymore. Um, like we still have entire regions of the country where, where people look like they've, they, they get poured into the driver's seat of their car. You know, like there's no way you get to open the door and they get in their car. It's as though you got to roll the window down and they just sort of like pour themselves into the driver's seat and their head floats to the top with their arms and then they start driving. Like these people are so fat that you can't tell the difference between the men and the women. You know, it's like, hey, uh, hey, look, there goes, uh, there goes a plus-size lesbian couple with matching outfits. Ah, shit, that's Lee and Travis, and they're going to the West Virginia football game. And the thing is that fat shaming is, is frowned upon, uh, well, because it works, and, um, you know, we, we do still have an obesity problem, um, the stats don't lie. If anything, COVID, uh, you know, showed us that there's a lot of fat motherfuckers who are really concerned about someone else not doing shit so they don't die. Um, and, uh, you know, we have an obesity problem, and I think it's because um, we have almost all of the world's fat Asians in the United States. Um and I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to blame Forks. Yeah, I'm going to blame Forks. Um, because you can just shovel food into your face for hours. Have you, have, have you used chopsticks to, to eat anything? All right, chopsticks are stupid. I hate them. 
right? I just, I don't use them. It's an inferior utensil. My people love them because they're cool. And Mr. Miyagi fucking caught a fly with that shit. But it's an inferior utensil, but people keep using them. Um, and uh, Asia still uses them because they didn't get the memo. Um, and uh, I'm going to call them poverty sticks uh, for that reason. I mean, in Thailand, the people are so skinny, you can't tell the difference between the men and the women. You know? Maybe that's why some people are trying so hard to convince you that uh, traps aren't gay. I mean, maybe there isn't actually a famine in North Korea. Uh, maybe Kim Jong-un is just forcing everyone to... Speaking of racism... Uh... So I'm, I'm part of uh, a few Facebook groups, car-oriented Facebook groups. I know, shocking. And um, one of the things that gets me about this particular group is you always get some offended Asian somewhere. Uh, I don't know where they're from. But, um, you know, they'll post something about what some, someone said and so they can get a bunch of uh, Facebook likes and, and, and virtual pats on the back. And this particular one was <clears throat> some white dude going on about a post. And I don't even know if he was talking to this person in general. And I, I think maybe this post just made it over to this guy by happenstance. But this white guy was going off on <clears throat> the, uh, the inflated uh, you know, used car market. And he blamed the zipper heads uh, for inflating the used car market. And um, talk about going back into your bag of racial slurs against Asians for this one. Because of people who don't know what a zipper head is, a zipper head is a racial slur that was used, I think, against the Vietnamese during the Vietnam War. And I'm not taking that personally because I'm not fucking Vietnamese. And so, you know, whatever. It's just, uh, <laughs> I just think, so I've encountered my fair share of, of racial slurs hurled at me on the internet. I've never been offended by that, mainly because no one is ever creative enough to even catch my attention. It's always, uh... It's always like, hey, you uh, stupid chink, or hey, you dumb gook, or whatever the fuck it is they get their, uh, their racial slurs from. Um, you know, they're using their 1980s and 1990s racial slurs. So I heard that shit when I was a kid, and I'm hearing it now. I wish there was something different that they called Asians, but... Zipperhead is something that gets my attention, mostly because it's it's different. Um, so you know, kudos to this guy uh, for for going retro with his racial slur. But I just think the um, a bunch of Asians chimed in talking about, uh, hey, you know, uh, this is sad. Uh, the racism still exists against Asian people. And, uh, you know, I'm over here like, well, but, but he's right though, right? I mean, he's right because, you know, I, you know, the Asians, they got all this money and they're just overpaying for these cars that nobody wants. And, um, the question I posed was, 
Well, first off, I said, you know, I prefer, you know, I, for, I prefer the terms uh, like slope or, uh, or, or gook, um, you know, over zipper head. But uh, I was wondering if, if you would call the Asian trophy wives uh, ornamentals. Like I said, I, I, don't, I don't really get offended by racial slurs, mainly because my mom forced me to never internalize those things. Because, uh, I got, you know, kids are assholes. I got called every name under the sun. My mom, I would come home, no bullshit, I would come home and be upset and, uh, you know, tell my mom that, well, someone called me a chink. And her response was, well, you're not Chinese. Why are you upset? And, you know, to like an eight-year-old kid, you know, you're like, well, I'm okay. Well, you know, and she would be upset, more upset at me <laughs> for being upset. This someone called me a chink uh, than I was being upset uh, at, at being called a chink. So, yeah, I never, I never internalized those things. And apparently, I'm not even supposed to say the word chink. I am uh, supposed to say something like the c word, which is fucking stupid. Um, and I think, I think that sort of stems from how people think that, well, whatever racial slur is sort of the whatever word or it's the N word of, of that particular group. And well, uh, first off, that's bullshit. Second, uh, that's underscored by the fact that I'm saying N word and I am freely saying chink on this recording. And so I doubt that anyone's going to try and cancel me for saying chink, but um, I'm continue, continuing to say N-word. Um, besides, you know, if, if, I, if, if, if I went home and I was upset and I told my mom that someone called me the C-word, she'd look me straight in the face and say, maybe you should stop being a cunt. Yeah, that's my mom. All right, uh, I take it everyone here is, uh, has heard about the Joe Biden incident where he walked up to that podium, fiddled around with his phone, and he played Despacito before he spoke to a group of Latinos. Um, what the fuck? What, seriously, what the fuck? Like, this dude is losing his fucking mind. If Donald Trump did that shit, CNN and PMSNBC wouldn't stop talking about that for an entire week. I, well, because it's Democrats and they like to pander to minorities, uh, no one says shit. No one in the media will say shit about that. Um, so, you know, I mean, what if he went to, uh, what, if, what, what if we went to, to speak in front of an audience full of Asians and started fiddling with his phone and then all was like... Um, people would think uh, he was fucking out of his mind. 
just like when you played Despacito to pander to Latinos. Uh, Joe Biden has said and done more racist shit over the last six months than Donald Trump has done in the last four years, let alone 30 years of his public life uh, when he was, uh, you know, the darling of, of, of the black community, especially the hip-hop community, uh, before he decided to run for president. I mean, the guy was referenced in hip-hop music over 200 times. Um, even had NAACP awards. Uh, Joe Biden wrote the 94 crime bill and, uh, you know, didn't want his, uh, didn't want his kids to, uh, live in some sort of a, uh, a racial jungle or whatever the fuck he said back then. So, um, again, it's part and parcel to Democrats continuing to pander to minorities and they do so on a level that's a bit condescending. Um, I mean, it's, it, I mean, to the point where they give speeches and they change the way they talk, like Hillary Clinton, and no ways tired, Rashida Tlaib, Tlaib, whatever the, I don't know, I, I don't know her name. I get kind of fucked up when I see two consonants in a row. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? But she was she was she was talking uh, to a group of of uh, black folks, and her her black scent became progressively more pronounced the more she talked. Um, so, look, um, okay. I mean, I, I understand maybe picking up uh, a certain cadence or a certain way of speaking if you spend a lot of time around people, but. Um, you know, a b- basketball is, is, is a good example of that. A lot of white dudes speak with a black scent. <clears throat> but if you're going to go in talking like how you normally talk and then suddenly start changing how you talk when you're talking to black people, uh, and it only happens with black people. They don't, they don't start to get more like Latino when they're talking to Latinos. Uh, and they don't, they don't start talking more Asian when they talk to Asians, but it's only black people. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know. Maybe they think it's cool or something, but you know, or you do dumb shit like, uh, Hillary Clinton did talking about carrying hot sauce in your purse or some shit. Okay. (laughs) Because, because black people are, are ready and willing to eat fried chicken at every, at every turn. What the fuck is that all about? Seems Michael Jordan is getting into NASCAR. Um, he is forming a NASCAR team. And his first driver is Bubba Wallace. And that's just as well, because as owner of the Charlotte Hornets, he has not seemed interested in winning either. Um, you know, I'm surprised Bubba Wallace, like, I don't, you know, after the whole noose fiasco, I don't, I don't understand the, the, I guess the draw of Bubba Wallace, he hasn't won anything since he's been in NASCAR. Um, you know, he has as many wins in NASCAR as uh, Danica Patrick, except um, Bubba Wallace isn't, uh, you know, a cute five-foot-tall brunette. Um, so, again, not really following NASCAR. It, I just found it interesting that Michael Jordan is now into NASCAR, and he picked a driver who hasn't won anything to be his first driver. Uh, 
Um, I personally would like to see more Asians driving NASCAR uh, because, well, um, you know, if we're going to go by today's standard, something like 2 to 3% of NASCAR drivers should be Asian, um, and we will um, over-represent by being responsible for 51% of all crashes on the track. Um, I don't know if it'll be that bad. I actually, I actually think that, that Asians would do really well. I mean, it's a sport that you're driving a circle and cars with no turn signals. Uh, I think we call that Wednesday. But, well, that's all for tonight. Uh, I'm David Hahn. I'm your host. And uh, I love all of you, all seven of you who are listening. And I will hopefully see you next week. Or hear you. I don't see shit. This is just an audio recording. All right. Good night.